Welcome to the Storyform podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform podcast. I'm Holly Packiam, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker. Hi, Holly. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well today. Good. Well, we, we're we wanting to, to jump right in and talk about, um, I'm curious, Jamie, to hear about what you're reading lately. Oh, I'm reading a few things right now. I usually have more than one book going, um, and right now I am reading Church History in Plain Language. Um, I think that's by Bruce Shelley. And I am rereading Little Men right now. I reread this every year at the beginning of the school year. I think I've talked on the podcast before about how inspirational that is for me as a, as a homeschool mom and kind of gives me a vision for what I want my, my school and my education in our home to look like. And so every year at the beginning of the year, I reread Little Men. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, <laughs> and just for fun, I'm reading Right Ho Jeeves by P.G. Woodhouse, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, I love I love reading Woodhouse, and that's just kind of a fun, um, lighthearted, you know, read as a, before I'm going to bed at night. No, nothing I really have to think about or anything like that. It's just fun. So, yes. What are you reading? That's great. I'm reading. Well, I, f- I actually just finally finished both of them recently, um, but I've been reading a book called Heavenly Participation by Hans Borsma. I think that's how you say it. And then, so that's been a little bit more. Um, very thoughtful, theological. So I've had to kind of read it slowly and sit in it. And my husband's a pastor and is studying to get his doctorate in theology. So he's been encouraging me on (laughs) to keep going through that book. (laughs) And I've been practicing my narration by narrating to him like, okay, am I getting these? Am I getting this this concept right? But I just wanted to read one quote that there's so many good ones from this book. Um, But it's kind of about the idea of sacramental theology and what that means. But here's just a quote. If you're interested in picking it up at all, maybe this will kind of give you an idea of what it's about. But one of the quotes is, The purpose of all matter is to lead us into God's heavenly presence, to bring about communion with God, participation in the divine life. The entire cosmos is meant to serve as a sacrament, sacrament, a material gift from God in and through which we enter into the joy of his heavenly presence. Mm. Yeah, so I've just been kind of kind of contemplating how, you know, God, of course God himself is all is beauty and um but how we can um that that everything he's created really is a gift and that we can we can participate in his presence through all of his creation. And right. So it's just a big idea to kind of wrap my mind around and I'm if I'm honest I don't fully engage in that in normal life um as much as I want to. So I'm contemplating how that can how that thought can be more of an experience for me as hmm. as I'm as I'm in normal life. So Love um, that. Yeah, and then the Techwise Family by Andy Crouch. Um it's I've been seeing so many people recommend it. So my husband and I have both finally read it and so technology is something that we are always on and off talking about how to navigate this in our life. And um, so I really, I really love this one. Really encourage anyone who's kind of thinking through these, how to, how to, if we're going, you know, it's everywhere and most likely our listeners are using it just in some capacity. And right. so just trying to figure out, um, but what I really 
love about what he says about it is he talks about putting technology in its proper place. He said his kids always heard him saying that. What is this, you know, what is this proper place for this or that? And so it, it does have a place, but what is the proper place for it? And he really talks about it as a place of connection in some way, whether that be mm-hmm. with people or I'm using it to find out information, to connect with learning, um, you know, how, how right. do we structure our time in such a way? So it's just a great practical read. And then he's also very honest about their own family. Like he'll say, this this was our goal with raising our kids, but this is where we did really well and this is where it was hard. So right. I love that part too because you see, you know, kind of how the figuring out of that for them and it wasn't perfect even though they had this standard that they wanted to follow through with. There were times when they didn't and how right. do they navigate that? So yeah, anyway. I love that idea of redeeming technology because I mean it is in our world and mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do about it but you know like you said if we use it to cultivate relationships or mm-hmm. to grow in wisdom and knowledge mm-hmm. and things like that then I mean just even obviously this podcast is a result exactly. of technology <laughs> that's, right. that's right so we're grateful we are grateful for it but um learning how to kind of navigate those waters is it's it's difficult in this day and age for sure mm-hmm. so that's a great resource so thanks yeah, it is yeah so I encourage everyone to pick that one up. Um, but probably most Jamie and I and probably most of us listening are headed back to school in some form, whether you're, um, you know, whether you're a teacher, we have lots of teachers who listen or whether you're, um, your kids are heading back into some kind of a, you know, some kind of a program, whether it's full time or part time or you're homeschooling your kids. We're, probably this is on most of our minds and we're getting back into some kind of a regular rhythm and routine. Um, but I know that we all want our kids to be reading as a part of that. And I think for me and for, for maybe some of us, it's sometimes easy to think about all the skill based things they need to be learning or doing or activities. Um, but it's, you know, one of the most important things that our kids have the space to read. And so. Um, mm-hmm. how can we do yes. that? And, and maybe it's, yeah. you know, we're, we're rethinking this at this point, right? We're rethinking the rhythms that I, we do or don't have. Do we want to continue those or change them right now? I, for sure. This is, this has been on my mind big time because, you know, we, we homeschool, um, but my sons are still small, you know, eight, six and four. And so we're just now really getting into, um, a really more structured homeschool routine. We started a co-op this year for the mm-hmm. first time. And then my middle son is starting um, some some different kinds of, he's going to speech therapy and um, some different things like that. So we're out of the house a couple of times a week, more often than we were before. And mm-hmm. um, I'm finding that I'm really having, it's really restructuring our entire routine in a way. And so trying to navigate and figure out how we're going to get all of this reading time that we love into our days is, um, is definitely on my mind right now. So this could not come at a, at a better time for me, for sure. Um, talking about, about how to keep reading into, into our days and into our lives, um, as we all go back to school. Yes, definitely. Yeah. We, where my daughter, my oldest daughter, is start started junior high, so that's a new phase for us. And so, wow. yeah, yeah, we are kind of stepping into just her being out a little bit more. She's taking a few classes um, at our local classical academy um, with the program, and so she's she's out a little bit more. So yeah, we're kind of navigating. Okay, when is everybody going to be together so that we can have these mm-hmm. these times to that right. to shape and and 
with reading. And so, but one question I've been thinking about is, you know, there's, there's so much of culture is telling us that reading really isn't that important. Um, and mm-hmm. there's so many other things that, that we could be doing. And so why is it important? And so one of the things I've been thinking about is that we, we become what we behold, right? That, um, right. that culture throws so much at us. Um, there's, you know, our, it's easy for us as adults, our kids to hear language and various from the radio to, billboards to different Mm -hmm. screens, you know, things that we would rather not think about or see nor nor let our kids see. So we kind of have to manage all of that. And so in our culture, it's not so much, you know, will they see this or that or will we, but how do we navigate that? But I think the stories that we read, the language we take in from those places that we are choosing, they shape our thoughts, they contribute to how to, you know, how we see ourselves. Um, I'm, I can even tell in myself when I'm, you know, when I'm reading things and being disciplined about what I'm taking in, that it shapes my thoughts in a direction Mm -hmm. of, of God being at the center of my life. And when I'm not doing that, I get distracted and think about things that, that don't contribute to living, you know, a good, a good and godly life. Um, so I think reading for all of us, it, it helps us feed the souls of our, of ourselves and of our children and, um, Lately, we I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when we're driving and we do some afternoon activities, and so we'll kind of fluctuate between having specific conversations, if I have enough energy <laughs> to do that. Not every day, right. but, um, and then or listening to audiobooks. So we've been listening to, I've had this book recommended to me so much. It's probably one that many of you have heard of, but it's called um, Because of Winn-Dixie by Kate mm-hmm. DiCamillo. And um, right. my kids were a little resistant at first, just, they were like, I don't know what this is mom I don't just it took them a cup like a chapter to this girl and her dog and I don't just they just didn't get into the story at first and I said no we're gonna we're gonna trust a lot of other people in our life you know that this is a great mm-hmm. book and so I've they really enjoyed it once we got into it and there was such a theme of um, the little girl in the book Opal being grateful for for this dog when Dixie and all that when Dixie had brought into her life despite despite a lot of difficult circumstances she walked through, despite adversity. And so back to what we were saying, just having those sort of thoughts filling their minds and encouraging them in their own you right. know, walk where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, and I'm just thinking of other storybook friends like, you know, Anne of Green Gables and how I always think about her with this this topic of how books shape us and, and why we should keep reading because the language and the imagination mm-hmm. gives us, you know, a different way of looking at life sometimes. I love how she named common things. Um and, mm-hmm. and our my girl my older girls have kind of picked that up from her. So we have some trees and a hill in our backyard, and so they named this huge rock Pinecone Rock. And um, <laughs> I love that. So we're gonna go out to Pinecone Rock, and um, so but that but that book and and the character of Anne, she gave us a vision for that. She gave us a way of just seeing our normal common world as something beautiful and a place where we can imagine something that that we didn't see before. Right. So, um, but um, what, yeah, what ahead, kinds Jamie. Of, I was going to say, you know, obviously, um, here at story formed and, and you and I both personally, passionately believe that stories shape us and, um, mm-hmm. that are important, 
But especially as we get back to school, there are so many things that get in the way of creating these rhythms of reading. Like what, what are some of the things in your home that keep you guys from reading? Mm-hmm. The challenges. Yes, yeah, definitely. I think for us having, I mean, part of it is just um, maybe there's a, um, a tension with, you know, just so many, we're so interested in many things and in doing many mm-hmm. things and not, so there is a temptation to overcrowd our schedule. I try to be right. really organized and to think and be prayerful about our schedule, but um, I think it's it's a temptation to me not to leave enough margin to just mm-hmm. be picking up books here and there. Um, and there's so many things that, uh, so many skills as well as books that I, you know, skills I want them to learn as well as reading that, um it just feels like a competition sometimes. And so it's, so it's not a one and done thing where we fit, you know, we, okay, we got it figured out for the year and we're good, but I'm kind of constant, you know, maybe every couple of months having to come back to, okay, are we, we, we have an intention in a certain way to live a certain way. Are we really doing that? Right. Um, And uh, I also think kind of back to the technology thing that, I find with my little ones, especially like if I give them hardly, if I give them screens very much at all, then it, they're constantly asking me for it. Right. And so yes. for us, I've, I really just, I can't, I, my older girls are better about it. They don't really care that much. So when I, um, when we give them that something as a treat, they take it as a treat and then they, you know, go back to the other things and go back to reading. But I have to be really careful with my little ones because they they would probably typically choose a screen at their age um, mm-hmm. over reading if I always offered that. So I think right. I have to constantly, to help continue in that rhythm or create that rhythm, mm-hmm. don't just give them, you know, not give them the option, but okay, you can read or rest <laughs> instead of right. read or have right. a screen. But I realize exactly. that, yeah, that is a maturity thing and it is sort of what, how your own child is and personality. So there's so many things to figure out. But for us, that's definitely kind of something we have to navigate in that way. What about yes. you, Jamie? Yeah, busy schedules, as I mentioned, this is kind of the first time that we've dealt with that with a lot of, um, you know, different appointments and things outside of the house. And so that's definitely been a challenge for us. But for my boys in particular, honestly, the biggest thing that gets in the way of um, that competes with reading is their free play. I mean, they're little. And so they, they want to get their swords and their dress up and they want to go run around the backyard and, you know, fight each other and that kind of thing. Um, they would prefer to do that, I think, than, than read a lot of times. And so, um, which, you know, it makes sense. They're little and they're yeah. boys. And right. so. That's, that is a wonderful <laughs> gift as well. Right. Exactly. So, and, and of course, screens is, is definitely in ours, um, as well, more TV. We don't do iPads or anything at this point. Um, just, I guess, because they're small, we, we just haven't really introduced that in our home. Um, sometimes my, my mom will come over and she'll bring her iPad and that they're just riveted. They're so excited to, <laughs> right. to play yeah. with Grammy's iPad for a little while. But of course we do have TV and they, they, um, they enjoy that and they ask for that. So, you know, screens and, and playing are, are two of our biggest challenges of trying to, you know, build a reading, a rhythm of reading around those things or not really around those things because I want the reading to be primary, to mm-hmm. be the, the most important, the priority, um, but also recognizing their age and their interests and mm-hmm. things like that. And so I do have to be intentional about, you know, cultivating this rhythm of reading in our home. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
how do you, how do you think that having we can figure out you know what a consistent rhythm of reading looks like um how what how does that have a part in shaping conversations with our kids oh gosh in so many ways i mean you know it provides so many opportunities for my boys to learn and grow um, just because they're small. And so they'll frequently ask me about a word or a concept that they didn't understand as we were reading. And mm-hmm. that that will lead to further discussion. And I just, I love this age because I see them growing so much in their understanding just of the world and how things work. And like, for instance, this week, they, they wanted to read the book Madeline. Mm-hmm. Um, over and over and over again. <laughs> I think we probably read it a dozen times. But on on various days, our discussions. You know, one day we d- we had a discussion about you know the body and its systems because you know she has her appendix out. Right. In, you know, and, and the appendix is a totally foreign concept to my six year old, and my four year old who hadn't mm-hmm. read it before. So we had a lot of discussions just about about our bodies and how they work and that kind of thing. And then on another day, we I spent a lot of time talking with my oldest about Parisian architecture because it has all of those beautiful illustrations um, of the Eiffel Tower and the Opera House and all mm-hmm. of these different things. And he's so into architecture. So having, you know, conversations just in something that just really sets his heart on fire um, was really exciting. And they all noticed the Caldecott medal on the front of the book. Um, and so they asked a lot of questions about that. And so we talked a lot about art and illustrations. And now every book that they pick up, they're looking to see if it has a medal <laughs> or not. Right. Um, if it was, you know, because it, it was a Caldecott honor book, I think. But um, just seeing them, you know, grow in their understanding of the world is so um, exciting as a parent. Um, but then, it, of course, it also leads to other discussions, um, especially with my oldest as he's getting older, which I'm sure you probably have a lot of those kinds of things that books kind of are conversation starters for you. Yes, definitely. I Yeah, I love this. Just thinking about this. And as I've mentioned on the podcast before, um, that. We so my oldest girls are twelve and ten now, and so just and my and then my next one is seven. So really, all of them are just getting to the stage where whatever we're they're reading individually or we're reading together provides such a like a platform for great conversation. So even just the simple question, you know, you, that I can ask about any book, just tell me, tell me what you're reading or tell me what that's about, and right, especially if it's something they're particularly interested. Um, you know, they'll, they'll easily, you know, go on and, and tell me about it. Um, my son and I were reading this week, a book, I think it was a, I'm trying to, I think maybe it's an easy reader, but one of those ones that's a little bit higher of a reading level, like the level four or something, but it was about, um, the founders of Lego. Uh And yeah, he has been really into Legos since it's interesting. He's either very, very active and usually with the ball at his foot, or mm-hmm. sitting quietly reading or doing Legos. So he's got right. like, both of these sides to him. Um, yes. Maybe when he tires out, then he'll, you know, sit for a while. But yeah, he's just right. really, that's like, it's the one toy that he has played with since he was really little and continues to be um, very fascinated by. So we were reading about that. So even at dinner last night, I was saying, you know, my husband and I always try to think of, we call it, okay, what's our family topic or discussion tonight? Family talk and um, so I just asked him to tell us about the founder of, of Lego and, 
um, he was born in Denmark. And so he was just, you know, telling us, you know, he, he didn't start with this amazing factory with the Lego toy, but it was this huge process. And so just even asking him some prompting questions to help him remember some of those things. So we just had a great conversation about things having to do with starting a business and, you know, the types of things they made and uh, following your dreams and, you know, all kinds of right. kinds of things can come from from a book, like as you mentioned, Jamie. And um, I picked up a mid-grade novel a few weeks ago called Wonder. Yes. And I think it, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been, become pretty popular. I, I think it was written in maybe the early or like around 2005 or 2007. I don't have it right in front of me, but um, I picked it up and brought it home to, for me to pre-read um, because I'd had it recommended, but I thought, I, I just kind of want to see, you know, what it's like. And I just happened to mention to my girls, well, this is this is a little bit of the topic. And so my oldest picked it up and finished it in a couple days. And then my 10-year-old picked it up and she, <laughs> so they both finished it before I could even wow. finish it. <laughs> but we ended up having some great conversations about a child who, you know, had, he, it, I won't give too much away for those who right. want to read it, but just a child born with some physical deformities and how that impacted his, his, you know, integration into community and friendship and all the very challenging things he navigated. And so we had great conversations about, you know, what is it, you know, do, what do we do or how do we respond or what do we say when people are different than us? Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I could go on and on. Um, yeah. Um, any other books you can think of, Jamie, that no, have shaped I, your conversations? I, well, I'm excited about a book that is coming out, which mm-hmm. is The Life-Giving Table by Sally Clarkson. Um, because I know in that book she is talking about, you know, so many ideas for sharing life together around the table and having these kinds of discussions and conversations like you just mentioned with your family. Um, so that's that's something that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, and that comes out for everybody to, you can pre-order it now on Amazon, but, mm-hmm. um, y- it comes out on October 3rd. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. October 3rd. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, and, um, yes. if you are listeners, if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, um, that by the, we're recording of course today, but by the time this comes out, it'll probably be, um, a couple weeks old, but there is, if you look on YouTube, Um, Sally and her friends and family have created a life giving table video promo video that promotes the book. And you can get, you get to see glimpses of what life is like around their table. It's very inspirational Mm -hmm. and inspiring. So if you just look up on the life giving table video on YouTube, you'll be able to see that. So um, she, she just has so much wisdom about mm -hmm. how to cultivate these rhythms of reading, um, particularly around the table and, Mm -hmm. and, this type of um, environment. So I think um, it's just a wonderful resource to share. So definitely. Yes. Yes. Well, another book what that are, I, go ahead. Uh, I just gonna say one more one that I read a year ago that really inspired me just in kind of the daily rhythm of reading um, is a book called um, my father or sorry, it's, not, it's called the reading promise. And then the subtitle is my father and the books we shared um, by Alice Ozma. But this was just such a fun read. It was it's by the daughter and oh, and as a side note, I thought Alice Ozma. She has such a literary name. Like, where did she, she get that name from? And <laughs> and if you read the book, you'll kind of find out how she actually and en- eventually ended up with that name. But I thought oh, okay. that's so interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. So anyway, um, 
But yeah, the book is just highlighting how her father made a commitment to read to her every single day, no matter what, for a period of her life, and how they it kind of highlights their connection and their that just and she kept saying in the book that this was you know to her it was just so normal like she never really thought about it till she graduated from high school that oh we yeah we read every day and you know people someone actually contacted her and asked her to to write this book based on wow. her life and so but she just it was so normal to her and so that was an encouragement to me with our family that you know that the more we you know try and ask the Lord to give us grace and strength to, to be committed to regular rhythms that, that our kids will, this will, this will just be a normal part of their life. Um, right. So I, yeah, that was a great read. I really recommend that one. Um, well, speaking of that, what are some of the practical ideas or ways that you create space to read daily in your family? Like we've talked about some of the challenges, but what are some of the things that work for you? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, I, I've kind of hinted toward this earlier, but I I think it, you know we try to not make our child our, our kids choose between um, you know a screen or a TV or a book um, because right. I think that they'll for our, at least for my kids they're always going to choose a screen. Um, right. My younger ones, like I said, um, if given the choice, and I I sort of always have this image in my mind that if it's sort of like asking them, do you want um, an apple or do you want ice cream? My kids right. are going to always choose ice cream, even if always. they know yes. in their minds, like, I know what's healthy, you know, I've learned about this and that, but it, there's just, the, there's a draw for me too, right? The, right. I was going to say me too, yes. not just my kids, me too. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just not that mature, so I'm going right. to choose the ice cream if somebody sits it right in front of me, it's so tempting. Um, and so, so I just try to, you know, we try to encourage them to always, we always have books with us, um, mm-hmm. whether, especially my older girls, if they're leaving to do something, say always, you know, have a book with you and you can always, always pull it out. And so make the choice to read easy. Right. I think, um, and then around our house, I it's I, I've <laughs> lately I've been going through trying to be you know a bit more organized and have things put away. I spent a whole day doing this last week, trying, kind of to try to prepare for being a bit more organized for school, but I do have books everywhere. So that is kind of a challenge. I know it's a wonderful thing, but kind of a challenge to, to keep, to keep them organized. But that being said, um, a practical thing we try to do is just to, to have an organized place to have them in most rooms. So that it's an Mm -hmm. easy choice here again, to just, to pick up a book, whether it's a basket, you know, in a room or we have a, like a fireplace ledge. And so I try to always have all of our library books, you know, visible there or mm-hmm. have some on the coffee table or in their rooms. They have, we have pro- most, most rooms have a bookshelf, especially our main level and our bedrooms. Everybody has a bookshelf. So it's the easiest thing to pick up when they have a moment or what before a nap time or before bedtime is to, to pick up a book. And then right. we are, we've, we've been on and off doing a, a regular rest time in the summer just because we were traveling on and off. So schedules, we didn't really have a consistent everyday weekly schedule, like our normal year. But um, now we're getting back to that again. And so kind of mid to late afternoon where I'm reinstituting now a daily rest time. Um, if we are here, there may be days where we can't do that, but um, we're, we're just the whole house where we're resting and reading. So that's kind of their choice. If you know that they, they have books available to them in that time. And so most of the time, I don't, my youngest naps on and off, but most of the time everybody can just be in their quiet place. And so they're going to mostly choose to read or listen to an audiobook. 
Right. Um, and um, so just that, you know, that kind of creates an easy opportunity to build that into our rhythm. But I, you know, some days I am just depending on what's going on, I might have to drive to a lesson a little bit earlier than our normal rest time. And so we will um, try to have the habit of doing part of an audiobook, just depending how long we're driving around. And so we're, you know, my goal is to be intentional about conversation and about books in the car. And those often connect and intersect well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, at night we have a nightly reading routine where we, we've always read to our kids every night. Um, but and then I have some friends who's just depending on their life, you know, they'll say sometimes at night I'm just so exhausted right? and right. I just can't do it. And I, you know, I've been there when my kids were super, super little where I would be literally mm-hmm. falling asleep with them. And sometimes that still happens, but not as often, right. but audiobooks are great at night too. Um, it is, it is a way, I mean, they are still getting that. So getting that story and that language, and it's still a wonderful gift to give them at night. So, Jamie, what are you guys doing right now in figuring out your rhythms? (laughs) Well... We, we normally begin our day with what we call morning time. Mm-hmm. And that's where we do the bulk of our reading together aloud. Um, that's where we do our Bible reading and we read a little bit about church history and some poetry. And that's usually where we do our current read alouds mm-hmm. um, with, with the boys. And then after morning time, I read a bit more to my oldest son. And this is more his quote official school time. Um, but we do history and more literature and some, you know, geography or natural science living books and things like that. And I still read those aloud to him uh, because he's just, you know, a beginning reader at eight. And so um, he does his own reading, of course. But at this point, I still read, you know, history and literature and that kind of thing aloud to him. Um, the younger boys um, sometimes sit in on that reading as well, as long as they can be quiet, <laughs> because mm-hmm. um, this is the reading where I do require him to kind of narrate back um, what we've read since it is kind of school stuff. But mm-hmm. um, so we, we spend a lot of the morning reading. Um, and then like you, we also listen to audiobooks in the car. Um, almost everything is a 20 to 30 minute drive for us mm-hmm. from where we are. Right. And so we yeah, we try to put that time to good use, and we have dozens of children's books on audio. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Audible, and they they have an annual sale like right around Thanksgiving right. Um, every year. And so throughout the year, I make a wish list, and we budget for it as part of our homeschool stuff, and we stock up every year on those children's books, and then we listen to them throughout the year um, as we're driving various places. And so you'll have to remind us, Jamie, this year. I will as we get yes, closer. For sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, and then of course, you know, nightly reading before bed. And usually at this time, um, we're just doing picture books because of what you said, I'm still so tired of my little boy. And so, um, you know, novels a little bit much, but I am going to try this, this fall to establish a nightly novel reading with, with daddy Mm -hmm. on nights that he's home. Mm -hmm. He still travels a lot, but there are nights he's home. And so that's one of my new reading goals this fall is to, for all of us to kind of gather in the den with daddy and let him read a little bit. I might fall asleep on the couch, but (laughs) he he can read a little bit. Um, and, And that's another kind of special time with him. So 
And um, I'm also getting ready to share on the blog a little bit about our reading time and a new resource that I'm using that has really started to make it kind of extra special for us. Um, so I don't want to give that away, but just be looking for that on the blog in the current week, uh, coming weeks, depending on when this podcast airs, just a little teaser for you, but something special that we're using um, in our family to kind of um, really um, make our reading time special and, and that kind of thing. So, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm also thinking about, um, especially for families who, you know, for kids who are in full-time school and mm-hmm. you're thinking through, you know, what, what are some rhythms that we can establish because, you know, we may have from three or, you know, 2.30 to 3.30 or something, maybe, you know, a couple hours and then maybe a little bit time before bed. But how can we, how can we really make the most of our time together and utilize this, um, you know, if they're, if if you're trying to be super intentional with those specific hours, um, Jamie, do you have any thoughts about that? No, I just, when I was younger, I mean, I went to public school and so I would, and I was a voracious reader. I loved reading. And so I, you know, tried, my parents didn't have to make me do this, but, um, I loved just spending about a half hour reading right after school. Mm -hmm. Um, or when I got home, um, and, and it didn't have to be a long time. 15 to, to 30 minutes was was enough for me sometimes just to get a quick chapter in. Um, but for, for other people, you know, audiobooks are wonderful as you're picking, you know, in the carpool line or going to soccer practice or whatever. Um, audiobooks are wonderful. And then, of course, you know, nighttime reading. We mm-hmm. our, our children go to bed. <laughs> All of our children go to bed regardless of whether they're homeschooled or public school or private school or what. Um, so just utilizing those few moments before bed to mm-hmm. snuggle up with your kids and read a book or two um, or a chapter in a book um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a wonderful way to mm-hmm. build that into your life depending, you know, even if you um, can't do it during the day, like what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I'm thinking about, um, junior high and high school students and, um, you know, they may be reading something and, and this applies to me and my, what my daughter's reading now for some, like a history class and a lot of, you know, she's reading a book on Socrates and Aristotle this mm-hmm. year. And so, you know, a lot of reading that I have not done yet, but really want to. And so, Part of our plan is going to be um, after she takes a class to that I'm going to do some of this reading with her that I'll read that aloud to her. And uh-huh. so I think this could apply to, to anyone, you know, older students who you, you know, just a way to connect with them and to sort of, you know, you'd have you'd be able to have conversations with them about it um, or even just if it's, you know, if you're tired by the evening and but just even reading aloud to them, you know, might encourage and help them. And especially if some of it's challenging reading, but it's right. just a way to sort of enter to enter their world in that area. Um, we're gonna we're gonna give that a try um, this year, and so it'll it'll I'll have to carve out a little bit of extra time um, for my oldest in that way. And so, yeah, right. we're, I'm excited about it though because I'm excited to learn some of the things that she's required to learn, but also excited about learning. But that I never learned. So right. <laughs> I'm well, excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. What what else are you reading with your kids right now? You talk about what she's reading, but what are you reading yeah. with them? So yeah, we are so kind of like what you said, Jamie, we do have a, a morning time where we I typically am reading various things and categories, kind of like you said, aloud. And um one of the books that I'm really excited to read. I've read to my two older girls. Well, I guess I should st- step back and say, so there's uh, so many books that I've read to my older girls. We have my oldest are 20 months apart, and then I have a three-year gap. 
mm-hmm. then my younger two. And so there's a lot of books that I've read that I sometimes think, oh, we've we've done that, we've read that. And not that you can't repeat, but that um, I'm I'm trying to remind myself of what are what are the ones that I want to make sure that I reread with my younger ones. So right. um, we're going to be starting Owls in the Family, which is just a very um, funny book about a family incorporating. Well, the, the parents were a little resistant, but the the boy, uh, the younger boy in the family, wanting to to bring so many outdoor pets into their home, and so it's his outdoor adventures and how the animals tried or, or found difficulty sort of in the community with other people. So it's just, it you learn so much about nature and animals, but it's the writer has such a way of um, bringing comedy into it as well. And right. so my girls really loved it, but I'm, I suspect that my, my, my seven-year-old boy will really be interested in this. So we're going to read that aloud. <clears throat> and then we're going to read um, Little House in the Big Woods. And this kind of goes with, I try to, to do some, to read some, books that go along with whatever historical period we're studying. So mm-hmm. this year we're studying um, 1815 to the present. And so we're going to be trying to fit some historical novels into that time. And so a few of the books that um, kind of are in the docket right now, we're going to read about the Wright brothers and Henry Ford. I have some just some simple books and stories about them. And then we just finished a book called Next Spring in Oriole. And I'm forgetting the uh-huh. author, but it's kind of a – like a easy chapter book, like if like a child who was just reading their first chapter book. So my my son was reading that to me, and then another one in that same kind of historical easy chapter book series called Pioneer Cat. And so I'm okay. we're yeah we're reading those two, and then um, having him just tell me tell me tell me about it and. Um, but I, I was, I mean, this was kind of something that I, I didn't remember next spring in Oriole, but my, um, five-year-old was sitting next to me as we're reading this and she, I'd planned on reading like a third of the book or half of it. She's like, mom, we have to keep going. What's going to happen? <laughs> I, love that. I Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting yeah. it from this particular book, but it's always, it's always fun when that happens. Mm-hmm. So what are you right. guys reading right now, Jamie? Um, well, we are just finishing up Homer Price, um, which all three boys absolutely love. So that one, um, we're almost done with that one. And my youngest and I have been reading some of the old Thomas the Tank Engine stories, the original ones by the Reverend Thomas Aldry, not the Thomas and Friends, but but the old the old one. It's actually out of print now, but I think you can still find the big old collection of story, okay. stories. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, and so you know he loves that, but I I love the old the old stories, the original mm-hmm. ones that mm-hmm. that he wrote that inspired the television series and all the toys and all that stuff. But the original old stories are 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 wonderful, and um, I already mentioned their love of Madeline this week, so we read that <laughs> a lot. Um, they often do that; they'll pick up a book and they'll want to read it again and again all week long. Um, we are getting ready to go to an author event with our friend Esty Smith. And so we are starting oh, to read. Yes, we're going to reread The Green Ember because it's been two years since we read it the first time. And my boys were so little. Um, and there's a lot about the story they don't remember. So they want to read it again so they can talk to Sam about it when we see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, like you were saying, you know, you plan your reading around historical periods that you're studying. I like to plan our reading around um any homeschool events that we're attending, like, so for instance, the Green Ember again before we see Sam, and mm-hmm. then 
um, a local plantation is having a Revolutionary War reenactment this weekend. And so this week we're reading a bunch of books about that, which Mm -hmm. is a topic that my boys love. Um, And in preparation... Yeah, they also have a fall harvest day at this plantation. And so you mentioned Little House in the Big Woods. We're also reading that as well mm-hmm. um, in preparation for the fall harvest day. So because, you know, Little House talks so much about those kinds of life skills and preparation and mm-hmm. things like that on the frontier. And I just I really love to enrich their experiences through reading and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they see the hog boiling at the plantation, they'll remember the story about Laura roasting the tail, you know, and, um, you know, seeing it makes the books come alive for them. But at the same time, the book tells a story that makes what they're seeing even more meaningful, too, you know. And yes, so I absolutely. like to try to pay attention to what what we're doing and um, try to kind of have books that go along with those things to kind of enrich both the reading and the experience too. So mm-hmm. that's what we're reading right now. Yes. Yeah. One, I was thinking also about, <clears throat> I know that we are trying to kind of figure out also our, within our reading rhythms, um, reading the Bible, you know, daily mm-hmm. or at least in a regular rhythm, um, in the week. And so one of this morning, one of the things, um, my kids and I were doing was we're just, we usually pick out some passages that we memorize every season or every every fall we have some um, recitation passages we're doing. And so one of them that we are doing um, this season is out of Romans 12. And I was just thinking about our conversation this morning and how um, it starts, let love be genuine, you know, abhor, what is evil? What does abhor mean? And so it kind of made me mm-hmm. think back to right. our conversation about, you know, whether it's literature selections or reading the Bible together, reading stories, how, um, you know, we're, we're trying to see, you know, what, what was God doing in this time and in this culture and but then you know just things like vocabulary words come out of that as well. Of course, there's the deeper, more whole meaning to the passage and um, seeing you know what God is really saying in it. But um, you know there's other things in there like you know do not be slothful in zeal. Well, you know what does that really mean? But you know be fervent in spirit and be patient in tribulation. And and I was it, I came to mind what's happening right now in Houston with all the flooding and. Right. And my kids are just, just, you know, barely aware of what's happening, but just being aware of what's happening in our country and um, just, just different events. And so anyway, just to go back to saying that, you know, our rhythm, I bet many people are trying to figure out rhythms of reading scripture together, too. Mm-hmm. And so how that can be such a place of connection and conversation as Absolutely. well. I'm trying to figure that out. So definitely. Um, well, we're about to close. Jamie, do you have anything else before we do? No, I, I love it. I'm so excited to, to begin kind of incorporating all of these new patterns and rhythms into our, our school year this year and, and see how it goes. We'll keep you updated here at the podcast and on the blog. Definitely. <laughs> and yes. um, Jamie and I are in the process of brainstorming um, more podcast ideas, more things to write about. So please... Um, converse with us, leave us a message on Facebook, and I'll try to put this on there too, just asking for ideas. But if you have things that you would literally love to hear us talk about or interview people on, we would love to hear from you, love to hear what you're thinking about, the questions you're asking. So please leave us a message there. And um, 
Um, we've been talking about this a little bit, but we're getting closer to Sally Clarkson's membership opening up. She is starting membership on her on a new site called cultivatinglifewithsally.com. So we'd love for you to go and check out that website. Um, her membership opens September 5th, and the prices are now out. It's $9.99 a month or $99 for the year. And we are fortunate at StoryForm to have some bonus content on the Cultivating Life membership site every month. So you'll find something from Jamie or I um, if you join the membership. And it's only it's StoryForm content that's only available through membership. So we're excited to be a part of that. And as always, we'd love for you to connect with us on Facebook, as I mentioned, or come to our website, StoryForm.com, or see what's going on on our Instagram account, StoryFormed Home. So... Um, we hope you enjoy and thanks for, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be storyformed.